the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to a Friday edition and the week edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to be with you as we do every week. We'll start hour number two of the program with our weekly interview of Ohio Press Network head honcho Jack Windsor. Looking forward to talking to Jack about the latest in state politics. And uh, J.D. Vance endorsing Donald Trump right off the top right now before anybody else is in the race. Nikki Haley soon will be. Well, John uh, Bolton's in the race, but uh, I wouldn't expect J.D. to endorse John Bolton. Or I don't know if anybody besides members of the Bolton family will endorse John Bolton. But uh, we will have uh, thoughts on J.D. Vance endorsing Donald Trump a little bit later in the program. We don't have a whole lot more details on the extremely uh, unfortunate uh, event that transpired yesterday at Ridgeview Junior High School in Pickerington. A man uh, committed suicide. He was there with his wife. He's the stepfather of a Ridgeview student. And he was confronted with an alleged crime that the stepfather apparently committed. A Pickerington detective took him in a separate room at the school in the office area to talk to him about this alleged incident. And the stepfather at that point in time, after some minutes of conversation with this detective, the stepfather pulled out a pistol and shot himself to death. Uh, They do not have classes today uh, in Pickerington at the Pickerington uh, Central uh, District because of this uh, very, very regrettable and very, very scary incident. And I'm looking at this incident and expecting, uh, understandably, parents to be upset about someone being able to bring a weapon into a junior high school. Um, This is something that I think would be possible at numerous Central Ohio schools. And the question of how to react to something in order to prevent a circumstance like it happening again will undoubtedly be something that the Pickerington Board of Education will have to determine. And we do this all the time in our society. Something will happen, and then we recoil in disapproval or horror at it, and then we decide, well, we have to do X in order to prevent this kind of incident from happening again or to prevent the circumstances from happening again so that they don't either reoccur or multiply and lead to something worse. This is evident every single time there is an incident of violence involving police that captures the attention of the American news media, which is to then say captures the attention of the American public. 
the death of Tyree Nichols in Memphis is a horrible event. No one wants to see a citizen who either A, did nothing or did something so minimal he certainly didn't deserve even a fraction of the physical beating that he took, which led to his death. And there have been, and there will continue to be for a while, whatever the shelf life is on the news value of uh, Mr. Nichols' murder, and it was a murder, there will be this hue and cry that we have to do something. We have to reform police. We have to... And I've been thinking a lot about this because, you know, we've seen the same kind of reaction in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. We have to do something. Here's a black man on video. A white cop is kneeling on his neck, on his back, on his shoulder somewhere. A cop is on top of him, restraining him. And George Floyd dies. And while the official autopsy said he died of you know, some kind of you know, drug-induced uh, catastrophic reaction, while the immediate narrative was racist cop, It's interesting that when Derek Chauvin was tried and convicted in court, Keith Ellison, the prosecutor, black prosecutor, made no attempt to introduce any evidence that Derek Chauvin was motivated by racial animus toward George Floyd. It wasn't that they made the case and that aspect of the case was rejected. It was that they didn't even attempt to introduce it. Now, if you go way back into the Wayback Machine, 1994, with O.J. Simpson and his trial for the double murder of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman, they, the defense team, found an interview Mark Furman did with someone, and Mark Furman certainly voiced things that would lead you to believe that he had racial anger or he was racist and they parlayed that repackaged repurposed it they parlayed that into the acquittal of oj simpson and every time we have something whether it's oj simpson whether it's george floyd now it's tyree nichols we've got to do something we got to fix it we got to prevent this from happening this can't ever happen again blah 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 blah, blah. and the sad fact of it is There is no way, no way to legislate and guarantee virtuous behavior by anyone, by anyone. You cannot guarantee virtuous behavior because people are at their core made with a nature that is selfish, that is sinful, that is self-serving, all those things kind of mean the same thing. And so we will not pump the brakes on whatever reforms must result from Tyree Nichols' death. What they will not be happening is an examination of the true reasons why Tyree Nichols' death happened. Because the true reason or at least a plausible reason, one worth consideration. I'm not going to say it's the exact reason, because I have my theories on what really led to Tyree Nichols' death. It is as old as pretty much the first 
instance of adultery in our culture. The way those cops beat Tyree Nichols will surprise me very much if at trial we don't find out that one of those police officers had a personal vendetta against Tyree Nichols or was acting on someone else's personal vendetta against Tyree Nichols. But we got to that point where five police officers did their job in a fashion that is antithetical to the way any police officer should ever do their job. Because after George Floyd, we had to do something. And what was the something that we had to do? We had to get police forces looking more like the areas of the city that they police. Well, we're struggling with that. We can't find enough minority officers. We can't get people to become police. So if you want to increase your pool of police officers, what is one way to do it? One way to do it is to lower your standards that are putting you in a situation at the moment where you don't have enough police officers that have the outward appearance that you think will legislate virtue. Because, you know, in the aftermath of George Floyd, we were told that if we had more black police officers, there wouldn't be as much black there wouldn't be as much violence from police officers against blacks because black people can't be racist. They can't be racist. They can't be racist toward blacks. Now what's the narrative after Tyree Nichols' death is that, well, these black police officers are racist because they're led by, stewarded by, trained by a system that is racist, and the system is racist because white people designed it and white people are in charge of it. So we lowered the standards to get more black officers because that was the prevailing takeaway from the George Floyd death. Now we get the Tyree Nichols death, and now we're going to try to figure out, okay, well, we closed that down by getting more minority officers. How do we close it down a little bit more? Without facing the obvious, glaring, apparent reality that people do bad things, and quite often... The people who do bad things are the people who have the most power, the most ability, the widest swath to do those bad things, right? You can't go out and get four of your buddies and go beat somebody up that you don't like or that pulled out in front of you in traffic or disrespected you by running away from you when you were talking to them, whatever the prompting was for what happened to Tyree Nichols. You can't do that with four of your friends. And have any hope of getting away with it. Why? Because you don't have the power. You don't have a badge. You don't have a uniform. You don't have whatever. But police officers, law enforcement, has a degree of you know, state-issued power. So we're going to, unfortunately, not react to this death. We're going to overreact to it. And I wonder if in Pickerington they'll do the same thing, trying to prevent what was just an unfortunate incident. So there's a big jobs report out today that they added like three times as many jobs as they thought. <laughs> and uh, Joe Biden, of course, is uh, touting that as his proof that we're building the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. Uh, pretty soon we're going to bottom out. 
We'll talk about this jobs report with Josh Pick on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show tonight at 7. We'll replay it at noon tomorrow. I don't have, uh, have not had the time to cut Biden's audio uh, yet from today. Uh, but here's the highlight from yesterday afternoon after the show ended. Joe Biden touting the uh, the balance of the uh, people who are working in his cabinet. More than half the women in my cabinet, more than more than half the people in my cabinet, more than half the women in, the, in my administration are women. Hmm. More than more than half the women in his administration are women. Now, we can all mock that, like, well, that's obvious. But maybe, <laughs> maybe Joe Biden is both advocating for the truth that you are made male or female at birth and arguing for the nonsense that Democrats believe that you can reorder your sex according to how you feel. As on one hand, he's saying, there are women in my administration. Okay. God made them male and female. Of course, there are women in your administration. But he's saying more than half of them, more than half the women in my administration are women. So he might be saying more than half the women in his administration actually identify as women. I don't know. What do you think? More than half the women in my cabinet, more than more than half the people in my cabinet, more than half the women in my administration are women. Very good. I got news for you. All the women in your cabinet are women. Maybe a few of them don't know. I know one of them doesn't know he's a woman or won't acknowledge he's a woman. He knows. Richard Levine, who goes by the name Rachel. But I just thought, uh, you know, this is kind of an interesting Freudian slip by Joe Biden right there. Or just further proof of his uh, dementia. Now, we do have uh, much more uh, weighty matters to consider today. Uh, You may want to look up and smile for... Uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping. There is a Chinese spy balloon, it turns out, flying over the United States. You say, don't we take a dim view of that? Well, uh, I'm pretty sure Ronald Reagan would. I'm pretty sure Donald Trump would. I even think George W. Bush would. Maybe even H.W. Bush. But the question is not, Why aren't we doing something about the Chinese spy balloon that's been hovering over Montana and came all the way from the Aleutian Islands? By the way, you say, well, what's the harm in Montana? They're going to get the, you know, the scoop on the next big subplot on Yellowstone. Maybe that, too. According to the Montana Free Press. The Air Force at Maelstrom, Montana Air Force Base maintains 150 intercontinental ballistic missile silos across its 3,800-square-mile complex in central Montana. That would be of interest to the Chinese. But as I said, the question is not really why aren't we doing something about a Chinese spy balloon over the United States. Why haven't we shot it down? A lot of people are saying, why don't we shoot it down? It's the size of three Greyhound buses. You think of a balloon, you think, oh, what's the harm? You shoot it, uh, the air goes out of it, the helium goes out of it, and it just kind of lightly falls to earth. No. Uh, This would have quite a bit of weighty debris 
And there are those who wonder, is there a dirty bomb in it? You know, shoot it. Maybe they want you to shoot it down. And so it got all kinds of gases or toxins, toxins or whatever. Seen COVID-19. That would be a, <laughs> a super aggressive, all-out war-inducing aggressive action by the Chinese. But put yourself in Xi Jinping's shoes. Why would you not send a Chinese spy balloon over the United States when you know, what do you know? What do you know if you're Chinese President Xi Jinping? Well, you know, number one, the U.S. military capability is a fraction of what it was prior to us progressively sending more and more and more and more and more of our sophisticated weapons to Ukraine to fight for Ukraine in its war against Russia. So you know our military reserves are depleted. And what else do you know if you're Xi Jinping? Well, this is a blank I can't fill in. But I can surmise that if Hunter Biden is doing business with Chinese energy interests, you might have all kinds of stuff on Hunter Biden. You know, we've been told, and I certainly believe, that the stuff on Hunter Biden's laptop is uh, deplorable personal conduct. Drugs, hookers. If they were paying Hunter Biden, what did I say the number was? $86,000 a month? Worked out to a million bucks? If they were paying Hunter Biden $86,000 a month, a Chinese energy company, do you think it's remotely possible that they might have played off of his addictions and his bent toward immorality and decadent behavior to compile their very own stock, their very own dossier on Hunter Biden and his activities? And do you think if you're Joe Biden... That being aware of this, which if I'm Xi Jinping, I'm definitely making Joe Biden aware of it. That this might cloud your decision making if you're Joe Biden. Again, I can't prove this. No one can prove this. But is it a plausible assumption? Is it plausible? I think it is more than plausible. I think if I were going to plot plausible on one end of the continuum and probable on the other end of the continuum, my needle would be tipping toward probable more than plausible. So it's a curious and unfortunate reality that we have a Chinese spy balloon hovering over our country and that we've determined that, oh, we'll, we'll take measures to keep it from, uh, from seeing anything. I guess we must have the capability to cover a 3,800-square-mile complex with 150 intercontinental ballistic missiles with a big tarp so China can't see anything. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.